Hi, I'm Adrian Lee, and you're listening to The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. Canadian dairy farmers are almost certainly about to get more money for the milk and butter they produce. And that probably means the cost of those products will be passed on to you and me at the grocery store, even though we already pay some of the highest prices in the world. Our milk on the farm is more expensive than Europe, US, Japan, everywhere else. That's Sylvain Charlebois, the senior director of Dalhousie University's Agri-Food Analytics Lab. He is, in short, the food professor. That's literally the name of his podcast. And he knows the ins and outs about what we eat and how it gets onto our plates. He joins us today to explain Canada's unique approach to dairy and why those prices are going up. So let's cut through the noise. You're listening to The Decibel. Hi, Sylvain. Thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. So we've learned that milk and butter could be getting more expensive in the new year. Why is that? So every year, the Cane Dairy Commission, a crown corporation based in Ottawa, uh, has to publish by November 1st its recommendation to provincial boards uh, as to how much more Cane Dairy farmers should be earning for their work. So they basically set a farm gate mill price. So that's the price that farmers would get, not the retail price, but farmers uh, are owed a price for their milk they produce. Typically every year we expect a two, 3% hike maybe, uh, just to cover extra costs. Uh, but this year uh, the proposed hike was 8.4%, which is almost double the previous record. So obviously that was an attention grabber. For butter, it's 12.4%. So obviously as a food distribution and policy uh, expert, I knew eventually retail prices will be impacted because this hike would take effect on February 1st of 2022. Canada is home to the highest most expensive industrial milk in the world, industrial milk. So farm gate milk, not retail, farm gate milk by far. So our milk on the farm is more expensive than Europe, US, Japan, everywhere else. We have a tendency to compare ourselves, of course, to the US. Do you have a sense of how expensive our milk and dairy products are relative to theirs? At retail or at farm gate? At retail. At retail. So if you were to go down south right now, depending on the state, on average, uh, in Canadian dollars, still, you probably would pay half the price generally, depending of where you are, but generally you should expect to pay half. Again, depending on the state, because prices tend to fluctuate quite a bit in the US mm -hmm. compared to Canada, but it's always cheaper in general. Here's something I, I think I just don't quite understand, and maybe our listeners don't either, which is how exactly do the dairy products get from the cows into the cartons of milk that I can buy? Can you just explain very briefly how that happens? Oh, sure. Well, basically every day uh, a farmer will uh, produce milk. Uh, cows will produce milk. Obviously, it's put in a tank and uh, a truck will come by, will collect the milk. And that truck will have uh, its circuit of many farms. And, uh, and then that truck goes to a processing plant to uh, have that milk processed. Uh, whether it's for liquid milk or uh, cheese. And contracts are signed between buyers, 
processors, cheese makers, uh, etc., and boards. Boards will renegotiate terms and, and everything else. And so, for example, if there are excesses, let's say, for example, all of a sudden we have, say, a pandemic and uh, supply chains are disrupted, farmers uh, will listen to the board. And so if the board believes that there's too much milk in the system, that the board, the provincial board, will call farmers and say, you need to dump your milk to maintain prices and reduce supply. So this farm gate price is set every year by, as you said, the Canadian Dairy Commission. Yeah, that's correct. Canadians are not going to know what that is. So tell me more about that organization. Well, if you don't know much about the Canadian Dairy Commission, you're not alone. <laughs> we actually did release a study a few years ago on the CDC, and 91% of Canadians have never heard of the Canadian Dairy Commission, which is really part of the problem. It's owned by Canadians. It's Crown Corporation. And like I said, its role is to set prices at farm gates so dairy farmers make a decent living. The CDC itself is run by three people, and those three people have links to the dairy uh, sector specifically. And if you're not into dairy as a consumer, I think you still need to care about the CDC because uh, milk prices in a grocery store or dairy prices in a grocery store will act as as a tide, uh, if dairy prices go up, it does impact everything else in the grocery store typically. Can we talk a bit about supply management? How exactly does that work and what role does the CDC play in that? Uh, I would say there are three uh, important pillars to supply management. The first one is the CDC. I mean, the CDC is the starting point. The second pillar are quotas. Quotas are run by provincial marketing board. So each province will have a board and their job is to set quotas based on domestic demand for milk. So every year they'll look at, you know, how much cheese uh, is consumed, milk, etc., and they'll set quotas and they'll recalibrate their quotas essentially based on domestic demand. The third pillar are tariffs on imports to protect our market from dumping basically because in the United States right now, you have dairy farmers who can sell dairy proteins, milk, a quarter of the price that you see in Canada right now. So if tomorrow you don't have any tariffs, obviously processors would probably buy American goods, American commodities. Why do we need supply management? Why do we need this kind of policy in place to protect the Canadian dairy market? Well, like eggs and poultry, uh, Dairy production is quite intensive. Uh, if you've been on a farm, you'll notice that uh, a cow in lactation will produce almost 100 liters of milk a day. Right. Uh, so you need a system, a marketing system, uh, which will allow farmers to know that they, they have a market for their product. If you can't guarantee that to farmers, they'll just disappear. They just go, they'll go into a different business. And because we're just north of the United States, it's very critical that we maintain the quota system and supply management as far as I'm concerned. Okay, let's talk about butter specifically now. So the farm gate price of butter is going to increase by 12%. Do you think this is because of what is being called Buttergate? I believe so. I think that's why we're seeing such a huge jump with butter. You see, 
for many years, dairy farmers were using legally, by the way, it's legal to use palmite, which is a palm oil derivative. The industry imports from Asia and other places around the world to uh, allow cows to produce more butter fat. And, and butter fat is really where the money is right now. We know that the consumption of milk per capita in Canada is dropping every year. But butter consumption is pretty solid. I mean, it's it's very strong and yogurt as well. So dairy products, some dairy products, the demand is very strong. And so without adding more cows to a herd, which is very expensive, they were able to use palmite to increase butter fat until we started to test butter. And uh, Dalhousie here, along with the University of Guelph, we partnered to test over 100 samples of butter to realize that... Um, Palmatic acids in butter have increased uh, over the years, making butter harder, not melting at room temperature at all. And many Canadians have actually noticed that butter just stayed hard, even though it was out of the fridge for many days. Mm. And they, people wondered what was going on. And we basically decided to uh, get the story out back in February. And the story literally went around the world. How exactly does the you know, use of palm oil derivative lead then to the increase in butter price? So the correlation is quite strong. So we basically measured the content of palmatic acids in butter. And one of the ways to increase that is to actually give palmite to cows, essentially. There are other factors, but that's certainly one of them. And the correlation is over 0.8, which is really strong. So our study is going to be published in an academic journal, I believe in January, showing clearly that there was a problem. And back in 2015, palmatic acid levels were half of what they were in February of this year. <laughs> so mm -hmm. you can see that basically... The industry was getting addicted to using palmite because it was a cheap way to produce butter fat, which is why I was not surprised at all to see the 12.4% we saw a few weeks ago from the right. CDC. So the price of many grocery items, though, have been going up because of inflation broadly. And shouldn't Canadians expect and accept that there is going to be a higher price for dairy products too? I mean, the Dairy Farmers of Canada told us in a comment that the price hike uh, in question here is in part to, quote, offset a significant rise in production costs over the COVID-19 pandemic, and that this would ultimately be seen in a rise of just pennies for Canadians. Mm -hmm. I mean, the problem is not necessarily the 8.4% or the 12.4%. That's mm -hmm. not really the issue. The issue is where it's coming from and the process behind it. Uh, the CDC, the Canadian Dairy Commission, has claimed that accountants are behind the numbers. Uh, and they have raw data, I've actually requested uh, three times now to the CDC to know the names of, of accountants they hire. And uh, we've also requested access to the raw data as well. Because who knows? I mean, maybe the data is self-reported. Mm -hmm. Are these numbers, the costing used by the CDC, is that data verified by competent authorities? We have no idea. That is the issue. And of course, uh, going back to my comment about dairy farmers of Canada and the CDC being one, that's that's really the issue here. There's there's conflict. And, and so the governance of the CDC needs to change. That's really what the issue is. The 8.4% makes sense. 
but where is it coming from? How it was calculated? And, mm-hmm. and because there is this threat that people, companies may go south to get proteins instead of buying from our own farmers, maybe if we understand the raw data, there could have been an opportunity to spread an increase over two, three years instead of just going with one year at 8.4%, which is really aggressive, maybe mm-hmm. too aggressive. And so where does this all leave the farmers? I mean, this is a huge industry in Canada that employs a lot of people, but it's also, as you've said, it's shrinking. Uh, and meanwhile, there's these headwinds from, you know, plant-based milk alternatives. You know, what is the future amid all of this for dairy farmers in Canada? I'm not overly optimistic. I'll be honest with you, Adrian. I actually am worried. Uh, we had 45,000 dairy farms back in 1970. We're down to 10,000. On our current path, we are bound to lose half of our farms. We could go from 10,000 dairy farms in Canada to about 5,000 by 2030. And nobody's talking about that. We've lost processing capacity in Canada. Uh, it's, it's now being controlled by companies that are based outside of our own country. Uh, dairy products are are really expensive in Canada. What, how, how, what are we doing to make sure that, that Canadians continue to buy Canadian products and not imported products? Uh, right now, you're seeing other products becoming more competitive because dairy products are becoming more expensive. There's no, and there's little innovation too. I mean, there's some innovation, but not nearly enough compared to what you see in other countries to grow the sector. Right now, as you mentioned, Adrian, there are several headwinds the plant-based movement is real. A lot of people are concerned about animal welfare, concerned about the environment, and all of these things are going against dairy right now. So you need to work strategically together with processors, with restaurants, and everyone else. Thanks to Sylvain Charlebois. Before we go, we reached out to the Canadian Dairy Commission about the makeup of their board, and they said that, quote, It is critical for board members to have a good knowledge of the dairy industry so that they can deliver the mandate of the commission efficiently. This is why experts from the dairy industry are appointed to the board to work objectively and independently. In response to concerns around transparency, the CDC said that, quote, data from the individual farms are confidential and cannot be made public. We also reached out to the Dairy Farmers of Canada, who said that they are, quote, a guest at the table of the Canadian Milk Supply Management Committee, where decisions are made on the administration of the dairy system. They added, quote, none of us are members nor vote on decisions. Okay, that's it for today. I'm Adrian Lee. Our producers are Madeline White and Cheryl Sutherland. David Crosby edits the show. Kasia Mihailovich is our senior producer. Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks to Sylvain Charlebois, You can subscribe to his podcast, The Food Professor, and also find his work in newspaper opinion pages, including for The Globe and Mail. If you want to get in touch with the team, email us at thedecibel at globeandmail.com. If you want to reach me, I'm grudgingly on Twitter at Adrian K. Lee. And if you haven't already, hit that follow button wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.